It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Thanks to everyone who listened to the first episode of the All Time Sportscast last week. We're grateful for all the feedback we got from you guys. We're going to try and make everyone happy. Make this a, a, an even better episode than last week. Uh, and there's a lot to cover. A lot to cover. Uh, lots of breaking news today in particular. We're recording this the night before it drops. So we're as up to the minute as possible. Uh, first, I think, uh, well, big news out of the NFC South, uh, yesterday, Aunt, you want to cover the NFC South for us? Yeah. Um, so the NFC South, um, very big news coming from there. Um, the, not from the Falcons and Panthers though, because uh, they've been relatively quiet uh, so far during this free agency. Um, the Falcons, in fact, I don't think signed or did anything, uh, just crickets for, for, for that uh, franchise. Uh, the the Panthers, um, they they put the franchise tag on the offensive tackle uh, Tyler Moten, so that's big news coming out of the Panthers again. Crickets on their end as well. Um, the other two uh, teams, however, uh, the Bucks and the Saints, uh, a lot of news coming out of these two teams. Uh, Tampa made moves; they they brought back tight end Rob Gronkowski for another year. Uh, which is very good for uh, Tom Brady, of course. Uh, they re-signed Shaquille Barrett and Levante David as well. And they big franchised signings. very big signings, very big signings for the, the core of the team. So they want to run it back, right? They want to get Brady that injury. Um, and uh, Chris Godwin gets the franchise tag, yeah. uh, which, which is a smart move. Uh, he's a very talented receiver. Uh, and... Uh, if they manage to keep the majority of these players, uh, this team could, in fact, run it back. And, and I'm very scared. It's a scary team. <laughs> uh, and speaking about big news, the Saints and Mr. Drew Brees, Mr. 5,000-yard passing season, uh, Mr. 54 passing touchdowns consecutively which is a NFL franchise record he's a record holder he he tossed 54 50 think about this 54 touchdowns consecutively that that's insane just to think about it he has a com- career completion percentage of 67.7% uh he has the second most Touchdown passes in the NFL, just behind Mr. Tom Brady. Um, and he's he has four of the top five single-season completion percentage marks in NFL history. In 2011, 2017, 2019, and 2018, the other QB is Sam Bradford in 2016. So that's the big news coming out of the Saints. Uh, we kind of and already he has had a... <laughs> well, he is Mr. Stats. He's very yeah, because uh, he played forever. <laughs> 20 seasons. Right? When you play that long in the NFL, you're going to have all the all the stats, right? Uh you you could argue that someone who who will be playing for that long maybe won't reach the the milestones he's reached. Uh cuz he is a, a future Hall of Famer. Um but that being said, um 
let, let's let's speak about that. Let's speak about other Saints moves that they made. They did re-sign running back Ty Montgomery and franchise tag safety Marcus Williams as well. Um, but but that's small news compared to Breeze retiring. And I'm pretty sure you guys can back me up on this. We we spoke about it and we all had a feeling that this is the route that he was going to take. Uh, his last two or three seasons, you can say he he slowed down. Uh, his arm strength weakened. He wasn't the same as he used to be back then. He had his chances to make the Super Bowl, um, but I won't get into details with that because we all know how I feel about 2018. You know how they don't make it there. <laughs> and the refs, but uh, <laughs> I won't. I won't. I won't discuss it. You guys heard enough about me speaking about that. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask you guys. What do you think about about this news? Uh, did you see it coming? Uh, do you think he could have went one more season? How do you see it? Um, let, let me kick it off uh, because uh, I am not a Drew Brees fan because of what he did to the Indianapolis Colts in the <laughs> 2008 Super Bowl. But all all respects to him because he's had a great career. Uh, he's been a great quarterback. He's done a lot for uh, the Saints. Uh it was time, and and the reason why it was time is because the last year that he played, uh, he really played horrendously. He made a lot of quarterbacks in their last year look like rock stars compared to how he played. Now, that being said, the guy had sixty-seven broken ribs, a broken thumb, uh, so it's it's give or take, right? He, he didn't play well because of that was happening to him because he was injured because he was sidelined he didn't play for most of the season as well uh don't forget he was missing michael thomas yeah that's a big loss uh for sure a big receiver loss but he did have those injuries and at that age in your career injuries will slow you down yeah recovery time as well uh, as you mentioned, he did have those broken rims and the thumb. And of course, uh, I'm not saying it played 100% at all in, in him, him having such a, an off season, but for sure it played, uh, it played a big role. So, you know, Drew Brees, probably one of the greatest QBs in the league, um, you know, has, has really risen to fame since being traded from San Diego to, uh, you know, New Orleans, really kicked it off there. I don't think anybody really debates kind of the records, the, you know, the, the team atmosphere that he brings and the expertise and the veteran leadership. But I think, you know, we were talking about, you know, greatest of all time, you know, is he going to the hall of fame? Absolutely. But when we, when we look at his career, right. I, I just get the sense that he was a, basically a regular season QB. He collected all the passing yards, all the touchdown passes, but he never was able to bring his team to the promised land. He did it once in his career. And I think, you know, when we look at championships and, and, and veteran QBs, he's not going to be on the same level of the Tom Brady's, Peyton Manning's, Aaron Rodgers, even Eli Manning. Uh, so I, I think really some of the knocks sometimes with, uh, with Drew Brees as to why he doesn't get enough credit is because he really overperforms in, in the, the seasons, but he never makes it to the postseason. And I think in, in a league where you're judged by your championships, that's the one knock on Drew Brees. Speaking about not getting it done in the playoffs, I mean, the last... Two of the last three years, he got pretty much screwed, right? Um, I, I know Ant loves to talk about the refs and how he hates them. 
but I it's love it. the absolute truth. I love it. <laughs> that pass interference against Cal Rudolph in the Vi- with the Vikings, that 100% was a penalty that should have got called. Then you got the whole Roby Coleman thing. I believe that's his name. That was a clear uh, pass interference. Yep. So it, it's very hard to win those games when those calls don't go your way. Now, I do agree that he is a regular season quarterback. Um, he will be up there with Peyton Manning as the best regular season quarterbacks uh, that really didn't get much done in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers is getting there too, honestly, if things continue that way. But I don't know. Uh, Drew Brees has always been a gunslinger. He's always been at the top, if not at the top of the NFL when it comes to passing yards. Um, when you started noticing his arm strength diminish, that's when it was the beginning of the end. And then last year, there were the rumors, or not the rumors, the actual uh, contract uh, talks with NBC, I believe, that he was going to become an announcer in the following year. I think everybody knew that last year was going to be his last season. And it shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody that it is. Well, it's it's. Uh, I'm glad that you mentioned the the, the no calls because uh, for sure that does play a toll in, in in someone's legacy. And I'm not saying that because uh, I'm a Saints fan or uh, Drew Brees was my QB. I'm saying this. It could have happened to any team. Uh, something of that magnitude does affect someone's uh, career, not only stats but legacy, because go. Let's back up to 2018. That call is made. The Saints win the game. They're in the Super Bowl. And they had a good chance at winning that year. They had a stacked team. So come 2019, okay, Drew Brees is a year older. He wasn't as efficient. But again, you have another chance at making the Super Bowl with another bad call, as as Sean mentioned. So um, like I said, I could go on for days talking about this. You guys know that. So I won't get too into it. Um, but that's the big news coming out of uh, out of the division. Um, we'll we'll move on to the next division and and we'll see uh, what happened in that one. Uh, Sean, if you can take that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so in the NFC West, uh, not much has been going on, honestly, apart from the whole conversations and rumors about Russell Wilson. Um, today, Cal Juszczyk did resign with the 49ers, a massive five-year, twenty-seven million dollar contract for a fullback. Um, you could arguably say that apart from the Cowboys and Moose, uh, Juice Check is the greatest fullback in at least recent memory. Um, the way that Cal, um, Shanahan uses uh, the fullback is unlike any other, and it shows with the way that they keep on re-signing him over and over again. Um, apart from that, uh, in the NFC North, uh, Anthony Barr, who has risen to fame uh, after breaking uh, Aaron Rodgers' collarbone back in 2017, um, he restructured his deal with the Vikings, a one-year $10 million contract. Uh, the restructure means he will be a free agent at the end of next year, thank God. And uh, <laughs> with the Chicago Bears, uh, Mario Edwards, a journeyman, he has re-signed with the Bears, three-year contract for $11 million. Uh, and the biggest news out of the NFC North is my boy, Aaron Jones, resigning with the Packers, a modest but good deal, four, million, uh, four years, $48 million deal, $13 million signing bonus. Um, Drew Rosenhaus, his agent, uh, did come out shortly thereafter um, saying that there were bigger deals on the table, but Aaron Jones wanted to stay in Green Bay, which just warms my heart. He, the guy's uh, a stud. Uh, you can't help but root for him. And uh, 
Yeah, with Aaron Jones uh, being off the table now, what do you guys think about uh, the rest of the uh, running back class? Well, I mean, the market is really, you know, the first first few days, first few hours of free agency, right? We see these big stars, these big names kind of go. And and, and now, especially in the running back uh, aspect of things, we haven't really seen any big names go. I mean, Aaron Jones was definitely the biggest on the market in terms of not getting tagged by Green Bay uh, and, and then working out something. I know Miami was very big on Aaron Jones trying to get him. Um, and now, you know, probably a team like that is going to start shifting their attention into, you know, those second tier guys. So, you know, Chris Carson definitely could be a game changer. Um, people, uh, you know, we, we walk into running backs like Kenyon Drake, James Connor, the, you know, it really dives into two, three tier people that might not necessarily be more of the difference makers, but can definitely be good key additions to teams that need that running back position. Um, take, for example, just Jamal Williams, you know, being cut by the Packers. Uh, he can come in and really be a, a pretty good workhorse, uh, workhorse here for, for many teams that are searching for RB uh, help right now. As a Packers fan and someone who watched Jamal Williams over the last four years, even if he doesn't play one snap for your team, I would recommend signing him. Regardless, he is a joy to be around and he makes everybody smile. Um, I highly recommend him. But um, speaking of available running backs, Mike Davis. Mike Davis stepped up big when CMC went down last year. Um, he was one of my fantasy studs um, week in, week out. And honestly, whoever, whatever team ends up picking him up is definitely not going to regret it. As I said last week in a bold prediction, uh, I spoke specifically about my Steelers saying that they're going to eat their words and go back to somebody like James Conner and offer him something. Uh, we see a guy like Le'Veon Bell still available. I think we're going to offer him something. Uh, I expected Jones to hit the market and maybe not be a target for a team like the Steelers or a team in need of a running back. This puts a crazy, crazy value on Chris Carson right now who was let go by the Seahawks, he's going to be pursued by, I mean, all it's going to become a bidding war for him. Uh, I think that's a given. All the teams that need a running back, guys like Kenyon Drake, still great pieces to have, but uh, can we say less proven in a way? So I don't know that he'll necessarily get the type of contract Carson's expected to get. Um I know I take Drake over James Conner for my team personally, but let's also not forget Marlon Mack who's coming back from a torn ACL uh, being out for the year. Um, I do not think my Colts will be re-signing him. Uh, he is a free agent. So whoever lands him, it will be a diamond to shine because he could do marvelous things for your team for the last two years. He did amazing things for the Colts. The Colts had no running game probably since, and I would not even say that they had a running game when they had Joseph Adai, but I'm saying that Marlon Mack really stepped in to that key position for the Indianapolis Colts. So whoever picks him up, they have something to work with, and he could do amazing things. Yeah, and don't forget, uh, there's also Todd Gurley available. Um, watching him with the Oof. Falcons, I mean, he wasn't... He's not the Todd Gurley he used to be, but he could be uh, a one-two punch for a team that's looking uh, for for that type of running back because uh, I don't think he's done yet. I think he still has a bit more to offer in his career. Todd Gurley's fall from grace is unlike anything I've ever seen before, at least in my time since watching the NFL. Um, he went from being 
one of the two or three most dangerous people in the whole league to being an afterthought. He basically comes onto the field for goal line, goal line, goal line um, tries. He runs it in. He gets two or three yards a game, and that's pretty much it. He doesn't do much else. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if if he doesn't get picked up anytime soon, if he just retires, uh, he, he, I'm sure he's aware <laughs> that he's not as good as he once was no use in just staying in the league. If nobody's going to pick you up. I'm looking at a lot of names too, on this list. Like I said, Le'Veon Bell and, uh, brought up Todd Gurley. A lot of the washed up guys from the same free agent class a couple of years ago that wanted those big bucks. Um, I think this contributed a bit or there, uh, or, the, or rather, the mistakes teams made signing those guys contributed to um, Green Bay getting this Aaron Jones deal done. Uh, I think the running back um, value, let's say, has somewhat decreased since then. We've seen big names not be able to uh, pull up a year after they've uh, made top dollar. But it's always great to see, though, something like him wanting to play for the Packers, which says a lot about the organization. I mean, their their reputation of being a, uh, um, how could I say it? I mean, it's a very prestigious organization. You wear that jersey, you're proud to wear it. Uh, I'd love to see it. I, I, I think he'll do great next year. Guys like uh, Le'Veon Bell, to me, are guys that are going to be jumping from team to team every year, every second year. There are guys that you're going to use on third down. You guys that will play every two, three games. These are guys that their careers right now, they're on the bench. Um, same thing for Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley played two good years. Todd Gurley's career now, again, is a guy like Le'Veon Bell that he's going to be jumping from team to team because he cannot perform. So I Yeah, I agree with that. I, so, I definitely agree with that. You you do you want to change team like uh, a Le'Veon Bell? You don't. You want to sign for the big bucks? You go to a mediocre team. Your name is being erased from the greats. That two three years that you played amazing for your your old team, those days are done, my friend. You cannot perform at that level anymore. You will be secondary or third. I think it has a lot to do with the type of backs that they were, though. Guys like Gurley and Bell were like workhorse. There's a lot of wear on those guys, but when you do get down to like the like uh, like again a guy like Jones, Chris Carson, they're more elusive. There, there's a bit more in the well. Bell was a, a little more uh, versatile in that he could catch a ball too, but they drained these guys. That's the whole issue I think with those names. But, but look at these running backs; like they don't have that much more years to play. At some point, running backs. Your time is done. You gotta you gotta start performing, uh, or you're gonna get old really quickly. And we've seen running backs get old super quick. NFC stand a big signing early last week that we got to talk about. We can't really uh, skip over it, even though it's old news now. What do we got? America's team, uh, America's quarterback, uh, Mr. Dak Prescott, who uh, who signed a, a big four year, one hundred sixty million dollar contract. With $126 million guaranteed. And I want to add that in his first year, he will be making more than Patrick Mahomes. He'll be making a whopping $75 million, which I want to say, I'll start by saying it's a lot of money to give someone. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's elite. He's, he's a top 
QB. He's done a lot for Dallas, mind you, not playoff-wise, but um, coming back from an injury like that, it's it's risky, in my opinion. Um, they did the right move to sign him. Uh, the the money, I mean, the money is being thrown around nowadays for sure. Uh, but who else? Who else can you go get to to replace him? And I, I see the Cowboys right now. Their mentality in a division like this uh, is is win now. You can easily win the division. You can easily make playoffs. You can and in the playoffs anything can happen, right? They have the team to perform. Uh, so I think th- the move there was the right move for the Cowboys. The the money is is a given. You have to pay the guy. Um, and uh, like I said, judging from the other teams in the division, it was the right move. What do you guys think about it? Dak Prescott got injured. Dak Prescott was playing not bad before that injury, right? The year before, he played pretty well. But the Dallas Cowboys do not know how to spend their money. There is no way they are aware of how to spend money. They have more pride and the players that they pick up, okay? To my point where that's Pre- Dak Prescott, his leg was dangling on the field like a wet towel. And you expect to pay this guy big bucks and him for him to come back and play like he used to play? You have something wrong with you. You are spending the money in the wrong place. Yes, resign him. Yes, give him a good amount of money. But do not spend that kind of money and that kind of cap space in that area right now. You are going to lose in the long run, Dallas Cowboys. You're not going to have any money for anything else. Don't forget, there's a running back there who played horrendously this year. Do not forget that position as well, because you guys will shoot yourself in the foot with all the money you spend on an injured Dak Prescott. You said don't spend the money there. By there, I'm assuming you're saying quarterback there is exactly the space where you're supposed to be spending the money. If you didn't sign Dak up for that contract, he would have walked, he would have gone. He would not have stayed for another year. Without Dak, they're a much, much worse team. Andy Dalton is not bringing them to the playoffs. They're not winning in the playoffs. They're not going to win many regular season games. Dak is a phenomenal quarterback. I want to cool it on the term elite. I think it's thrown all around the place, just like GOAT is. But Dak is a phenomenal quarterback. He has done great things with uh, the Cowboys thus far in his career. Like you said, uh, Vertulo, Steven, number two, um, he had a great season just before his injury last season. Um, And yeah, honestly, I I don't see any other scenario that could have happened. Uh, I think they had to sign Dak. And I think, yes, it's a lot of money, but it's, it's it's a good signing in my opinion. Well, I mean, listen, everybody's talking about the money and it's too much and all this stuff. Well, the Cowboys did this to themselves, right? The Cowboys chose to franchise tag Dak last year and not negotiate a long-term deal. They found themselves in a situation like this. They paid out their running back, Ezekiel Elliott. They put too much money in that position. They say, Dak, let's see what you can do for another year. Maybe we'll tag you. Maybe we'll work out a long-term deal. And and it busted in their face. It, it screwed them over in, in many ways. But I mean... If, if Dallas doesn't sign Dak Prescott, right? I think, again, we're having this, this debate about the Cowboys going backwards 10 years. The Cowboys have not had a relevant QB. Tony Romo was a bridge, a stop 
again, injuries, concussions, whatever, hampered his ability to be the QB he was supposed to be for that franchise. But you know what? Here we are again, Dak Prescott, younger, better, faster, uh, could be elite, but you know, has to has to prove himself. He he hasn't had uh great seasons. Granted, he hasn't had a cast of supporting people to kind of really bring him. Now he does, now he has people around him, and this is their time to open that window and to really make it to the next level. And don't forget, money means nothing in the NFL. The NFL is getting ready to sign a lucrative contract with media. And that money that Prescott got is going to be irrelevant for the Cowboys. They're going to have their cast face. They're going to have their money to pay him. And and look, I think that this creates um, a bigger question, maybe a, a different debate. But do you guys feel that Dak Prescott now is under pressure to perform for the Cowboys? And is this going to really influence if they don't make the playoffs next year? Is this on Dak's shoulders or is this on the team's ability to, again, don't forget, they still haven't addressed their defensive needs. And that's where they got killed in all the games last year. Yeah, but also don't forget, he did play the first few games of the season and he was performing in those games as well. I think he had more passing yards after he got injured into week eight or nine, then some QBs that were still playing in those weeks. So um, he, he was playing very well at the beginning of the season. They did lose some unfortunate games during that time with him uh, as the QB uh, that they should have won. Uh, but but I think I'm going to go against uh, Steven number two, Vertulo, and go with Sean on this one that you do have to pay the man. He is your QB going forward. In a division like this, you should win it with your eyes closed. Uh, the Washington football team is 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 coming up there. The Eagles are rebuilding. Uh, the the Giants aren't making moves. Uh, so I mean, that's that's what you got to do. In your guys' opinions, who do you think the Cowboys could have gotten if they didn't give back the money? If you would have franchise tagged them again, it would have costed you more money. This way, you get less cap hit for the moment because franchise tagging would have taken a big bigger cap hit, and you get your QB. So what do you guys think about that? So does the, the, the question here, right, is Dallas was forced to make this move. Dallas didn't really have an option to not sign this quarterback to a long-term deal at the money he he got, really. And so what does this do for your team moving forward? Is is the Dallas Cowboys, are the Dallas Cowboys the elite in the division? Does this get them over the hump if obviously Dak Prescott is is healthy? Is this enough or does this team have have bigger needs now that this this area of their offense is taken care of. To be honest, I don't think this is a bad deal for either Dak or the Cowboys. By by the NFL definition, it's a long-term contract, but four years is a good enough window to see, like, is this still working? Can we move on from him? And by year three, they'll probably still get interest if they decide to trade him, if they decide to release him. He'll still be able to go elsewhere and potentially win. Last week, we said that he'd be looking at something like five to seven years and that part of that five to seven years might involve a reset. I think this pretty much settles that the organization will reset without him if they need to. They're not going to commit to him past his, I mean, could we say his prime? He's in his prime. They're not going to commit to him past his 30s, let's say. They'll give him a chance to play elsewhere. I think this really works for them. The main, the main word is everybody's using is a healthy Dak Prescott. We got to wait the year for him to come back and play and be healthy and perform. Like, 
Again, Saquon Barkley, another prime example. The guy's coming off an injury. They got to come and perform. An injury could ruin your career. Whether it's your leg, your arm, your hip, these injuries can ruin your career. Dak Prescott, two things could happen. He can come back and have a stellar season. He can come back and have a horrendous season. Same thing for Saquon Barkley. Same thing for CMC. All these factors play a part. When you are injured, and like Dak Prescott got injured on his leg, what does he use to move around? His legs. We got to give him a year to come back. We got to make him see what he could do after that injury. And, and that's, that, that's the way I see it is wait for your, your star to come back, perform after his injury, and then start talking. Because we do not know what's going to happen at that point. You got to believe that the Cowboys know about Dak's injury, right? They, they're not in the business to give out free money, especially not $100 million contracts. If Dak was beyond repair, they wouldn't have signed him. Look at Patrick Mahomes the, the, two years ago, I believe. He got a gnarly knee injury. He came back and he look at him. He went to the Super Bowl just a few months ago, right? Um, I, I have to trust in the Cowboys organization. They're team doctors. They know what they're doing. I, I'm not all that worried. But I do see your your concern for sure. Well, I think uh, I think Dallas is the the team of the division. Uh, if you look at the other three teams, like I said, Washington football team um, played very well last year. Um, but I, I think Dallas could beat them, and Dallas should beat them. Uh, the Eagles, as I mentioned, are rebuilding as well. Um, they're, they're unproven. They released a bunch of guys. Um, the Giants. The Giants uh, played very well defensively, in my opinion, last year. They surprised many, um, but their offense without Saquon Barkley wasn't wasn't performing. So uh, he's he's going to be a big factor as well coming in. Uh, let's not forget about him. Um, but to your point, the Cowboys should and will, in my opinion, win the division and make the playoffs with a healthy Dak Prescott. We had a we had a signing shortly before we started recording in the AFC South. Steve, what do we have in the AFC South? We have had some big things happen while we're waiting for Deshaun Watson. I may add to make his move if he's going to make his move. But in the AFC South, the Titans sign former Steelers pass rusher, <sighs> our good friend, but Dupree for sixteen for sixteen point five mil. Per year, I may add. Uh, Good for Yeah, you. so that's big for the Titans. Uh, sorry, Steve. I know uh, it's a big loss on your part. Yeah. But hey, this is what happens in free agency. Um, the Titans have also informed cornerback Malcolm Butler. They are cutting ties with him. Ciao. See you later. Um we will not get into anything else the Titans have done in the last uh, in the last week or two, but the Jags are going crazy with some big big signings. When I say big, I mean big for the Jags and the position they've been for the last two three years. But overall, eh, not that big in signings. Uh, defensive tackle right Robertson Harris from the Bears. Special teams and wide receiver Jamal Agnew from the Lions. Safety Rashawn Jenkins from the Chargers. Running back Carlos Hyde 
who signed a two-year six mil from the Seahawks, which to me was a shock. I don't know if anybody wants to add anything on that signing. I did not see that come. Uh, and wide receiver Philip Dorsett from the Patriots. So those are signings, but they're not explosive that are going to make any difference in that team. That's my opinion. I have some hate towards the Jags, but again, they're big, but they're big for the Jags. But are they big for anything else? They really aren't going to make a difference in my opinion. Uh, something big happened with my team, the Colts, who have let me down uh, drastically after the year we've had with this specific player. Danico Autry has signed three-year, $21.5 million chow with the Titans. That is huge. We have just gotten rid of one of our hugest assets on that defensive line, Danico Autry. To a rival. To a rival. Uh, to a rival. He's done some amazing things for us uh, last year. It, it, it really showed in our defense, uh, but we got rid of him. Hey, Ballard has a plan, I guess. And the last big signing, the Texans signed Mark Ingram. Big trust. Character Crickets. signing. No, it's Crickets. a character. It's they're they're off field. Yeah, off field locker was, room uh, locker room signing. That was Lamar Jackson's hype man. They're I trying don't to keep. See. They're trying to keep Deshaun there. They're doing. They're trying everything to keep Deshaun, but they're gonna send in Mark Ingram to back Deshaun Watson up. I don't see it. I'm not really like. I don't know what Mark Ingram can do. He didn't really do anything more than what he did for one year with the Ravens. Well, the Ravens, Am the Ravens have the best running back in the league with Lamar Jackson. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, right? the, the Ravens, I mean, he's really a character signing at this point. Uh, he, he fits right in with the names like uh, Jamal Williams and, and uh, James White. He's that type of back at this point in his career. I don't know. I don't think it's a bad signing. It, it, uh, David Johnson's still in the contract there, right? Right. That's a good RB2. We'll see what happens. But besides that, we're all waiting for what Deshaun Watson is going to do. The AFC West uh, had some news coming out of it. Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, and Travis Kelsey of the Super Bowl finalists, Kansas City Chiefs, are all expected to restructure their contracts. They're going to try to free up some space. Uh, big signing by the Chiefs today, signing guard Joe Thune to a five-year, $80 million deal. Um, after five years of playing for the Chargers, cornerback uh, Casey Hayward has been released. They cleared up $9.2 million in cap space, releasing him. Um, they also, uh, I'd, I'd love to know a bit more on what this is a name in free agency right now that's rather quiet. They didn't sign or tag Hunter Henry. I'm waiting. To, I'm excited to see what happens there. Um, uh, they did sign longtime Packers center Corey Lindsley, making him the highest paid center in the NFL. Five years, $62.5 million. Good pickup. The great Raiders, pickup. yeah, great pickup for them. The Las Vegas Raiders are set to meet with Pro Bowl offensive guard Kyle Long, who's coming out of retirement. Uh, earlier this week, the Raiders traded offensive tackle Trent Brown and a 2022 seventh round pick to the Patriots for a 2022 fifth round pick. And today they made a great signing, weakening uh, my rival Ravens. 
two years, $26 million on Yannick Ngakwe. In Denver, not too much noise. Lots of speculation that they're looking to trade for a QB. In last week's carousel, I had them getting uh, Mitch Trubisky. We'll have to keep an eye on that. And in the AFC North, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals brought in AJ Bouye for a visit. Not much going on there. They're expected to be big players in free agency, though. Uh, it's quiet in Cleveland. I know they were in on Judon up until uh, the end. They usually make those splash signings. So let's see what's going on with them. I think they're going to address the defense. Baltimore Ravens signed former Giants guard Kevin Ziegler. Three years, $22.5 million deal. Um, they lost a few pieces, as we said. But all eyes are on my Pittsburgh Steelers. 19 players hitting the open market this week and little cap space to address it. Um, they brought back Cameron Sutton on a two-year, $9 million deal. That pretty much means Mike uh, Mike Hilton will be on his way out at the cornerback position. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster penned his farewell to the city of Pittsburgh. In the event that he doesn't return, he probably won't. Uh, rumored teams as of right now, Miami Dolphins, New York Jets, and again, the Los Angeles, the LA Chargers, Interested in bringing him in, but Dupree has left, as Steve brought it up. Um, it's looking bad for the Steelers right now. Hey, but let's sign Big Ben. Let's bring him back. <laughs> um, AFC East, stand. Well, times have changed, right? In the AFC East, the AFC East used to be kind of the division that was like, oh, it's boring. It's the Tom Brady division. It's Tom Brady, Bill Belichick division. All of a sudden... All these teams pretty much are, you know, in it to win it. And there's 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 a lot of changes happening in the in the AFC East. And so, um, you know, Dolphins have had have kicked around a few free agents here and there, but really no no big kind of signing here. Yes, they made that trade for Isaiah Wynn. Um, but other than that, they've been pretty quiet so far. Um, the Bills have been able to take care of Matt Milano and uh, Feliciano, which has been, you know, great for their cornerstone of that team um, as they build. But I think uh, the Bills really addressed most of their offensive needs by bringing in Stefan Diggs last year. And I think that team is really poised to kind of continue to compete and be a front runner for the AFC East division. Um, the Jets very recently today, obviously signed Corey Davis. Um, and as we were on the air, they have also signed a pass rusher, Carl Lawson. Uh, and earlier, you know, towards the beginning of the franchise tag, they have franchise tag Marcus May. But I think the biggest news, and obviously not everybody wants to hear about this, but the Patriots, right? The Patriots have made the biggest noise, I think, in many areas, not just who they sign, but also with letting go some of their uh, players, you know, Joe Tooney, uh, Marcus Cannon, and, and, and all these players here that were key on the defensive end. And obviously... Bill Belichick, right, before letting players go, he needs to replace them. And so, you know, I think the the Trent Brown pick was was great. Uh, it, it's someone that's familiar with the system and the organization. So that was a good move. Um, Matt, Matt Jodan today, Jalen Mills uh, will all kind of come complement really nicely on, on the defensive back. Um, on offense, I think they went to town. I think they did what they needed to do, right? They needed to get a tight end position. That was the first thing that they that they brought in here with John Smith and they had the money, they had the cap space. I think they had to get one of those two prime candidates, either 
uh, Hunter Harry or John Smith, and they really they really hit uh, a need for their team. Uh, coming around um, with uh, Nelson Aguilar and uh, Kendrick Brook uh, today as well has been uh, a pretty interesting signing uh, for them as well. But I think the biggest news uh, for many of us here is really the Cam Newton situation. And honestly, folks, uh, when news broke, I was kind of mixed emotion. Um, I just couldn't understand why they would bring a quarterback, uh, especially Cam Newton, the way he performed last year, um, back within the organization. But definitely, as you break down the contract and you look at it, you know, uh, 3.5 mil guaranteed. Uh, a lot of this is incentive-based contract. So a lot of this is based on his performance. And I think that uh, when you really look at the contract that he was offered in terms of his incentives, it's I feel it's almost like they're saying, listen, if we're stuck at this position, you can be our guy, but we don't plan to have you as our guy. We plan to have you here. Maybe even this was an opportunity for them to kind of lure free agents because we know these free agents aren't going to come in to not know who's the starting QB, who they're going to be playing with. And so uh, having having Cam Newton kind of re-sign at a friendly, team-friendly kind of cap situation, I think helped them uh, in, in many ways try and bring uh, bring some free agents in and some weapons. But, you know, is, is Cam Newton the answer? Is Cam Newton going to be the starting QB in New England? Or are the Patriots going to go out and, you know, find a QB that can really be uh, effective for them. Cam Newton, I'm I'm a fan of Cam Newton to be honest. Uh, last was he one of your, was he one of your five QBs going to the Patriots last week? <laughs> he, I think he was, <laughs> but I had I had Mariota going as as the, he was my uh, my sleeper going there. But uh, I, I don't think it's a bad move. Uh, I, I know you didn't say it's a bad move. Uh, you were weighing the options, but um, think about it. Last season, yes, he did not play well but he did not have a uh, training camp with Bill Belichick. He didn't practice with the team. He, it, it, was, it was a COVID season, let's say. Uh, he was just thrown in there. It was all virtual meetings. I think with, with a training camp, with new, new players coming in, uh, if we, sh- we, shouldn't, we shouldn't count him out just yet. If we're judging from last season, I think he will have a better season than last season, that's for sure. Um, but I do think he's going to be well. And I just also want to touch on, on your tight end, the point that you made, Hunter Henry, John Smith. Don't forget there's Jared Cook as well. That could have been a, 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 a big addition to the team. Uh, he still has some, some seasons to offer, let's say. He's, he's very touchdown dependent, I know, but uh, maybe that's what Cam Newton needs in the end zone because, uh, let's face it, he doesn't throw much in the end zone. He probably rushes more than he throws. Um, but don't sleep on him. I have big things in my plans for Cam Newton. I think he's going to do very well. I think it has a lot more to do with what the Patriots continue to do throughout the offseason. Are they going to draft a quarterback? Are they going to sign another one? I still think a reunion with either Brissett or Garoppolo is possible, or like Anne said, uh, a guy like Mariota is a number two. if they draft a quarterback in the first round, which I don't think is likely, a guy like Cam Newton's good to have around. That's what we had said the Washington football team would have done if he re- if he reunited with Rivera. If if I'm looking at teams so far in free agency, the Patriots won free agency so far. Bringing in a guy like Judon on defense, um, they're bringing in 
little receivers. The Patriots were never a team to bring in big name receivers. I mean, the last big receiver they had was Randy Moss, right? Anybody else since Antonio Brown? I, I, <laughs> I was trying to get over that one, but uh, they, they're they're known to bring in lesser names as their receiving core. So I don't think that's unusual of them. Um. I really think this move has a lot more to do with how they continue to address the team throughout free agency and at the draft. It's a it's a low risk move. At the very worst, he's gone next year, and I mean, I'll, I, he didn't look great. He certainly didn't look great, but he he had a lot of those games where he was able to show that he could still he still has fight in him. Well, look, I mean. It were in the first two weeks of the NFL season last year, right? Him and Russell Wilson were in talks for kind of MVP. They were performing really, really well. They were getting, you know, the touchdowns, the during uh, in the air, you know, on the run, whatever it was. COVID hits, and and Cam Newton comes back from this, and you know he doesn't look like a shell of the person he was in the first three weeks. And just to give you kind of just some stats, right? In the last 12 weeks of the season, Cam Newton got sacked 26 times. Cam Newton didn't even know where the rush was coming from. He was unable to read very much. And when he would throw the ball, right, it wouldn't really go very far, five yards, 10 yards. Uh, and, and really it was at the receiver receiver didn't even have any opportunity to kind of make plays or, or yards after the pass either. And so the Patriots really became one dimensional with Cam Newton, just trying to run the ball all the time. And that really wasn't effective. And, you know, if, if we're looking at building, uh, building this team from the ground up, Cam Newton cannot be part of the equation here. He's just not what he used to be. And even with some training camp and even with some receivers, I, I just don't see him being able to be the QB that will take the Patriots into at least a wild card spot next season. They need to upgrade to someone who knows the system a little better and, and can throw the ball deep on some of these routes. If not Cam, who else though? Well, I, he, who else? I mean, there's there's still a lot of QBs that are on the market for sure. There's definitely could be a few trades that could happen. Listen, there, there's also the draft that that they could also move up. So I'm saying, listen, uh, you needed someone in order to fetch these free agents. You needed some sense of, you know, stability there and, and a vision. But I, I don't think that Cam Newton can be your QB one going into next season. You're going to have to draft a QB, trade for a QB, um, sign someone on the free agent market and, and, and move that way. But I think it was important and pivotal for the Patriots to have at least Cam Newton sign so that they could attract some free agents and, and rest assured that if they weren't able to pay the price or the premium of some of these top QBs that that the market is demanding, then at least they have someone here. But I think if we're looking at the contract, it's really uh, team friendly in the sense that they don't think he will be their, their starter. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, having Cam back is a stopgap solution, right? Like you said, Cam is not the team's future quarterback. He is there right now. I think he's an in-between guy, um, whether they pick someone else up in free agency or they draft someone else who just so happens to start midway through the season. Um, I, Cam does have the advantage of having one year under Bill Belichick's playbook uh, going into next season. Uh, hopefully he has a training camp under his belt as well. Um, I 
don't care for Cam. I've never been a fan of Cam, but I, I think right now he's the best solution, at least that I know of uh, for the Patriots. Just look at Bob uh, and the Patriots and what they're doing. Look how they are spending their money. Look how they are signing all these names in free agency. There's a plan. There's always been a plan. There's been a plan once Tom Brady left, what was going to happen. They are not paying Cam Newton a lot of money. They are using him just as a background right now. Let's sign Cam Newton for one more year and let's put all our money, invest all our time and all these other signings. They're playing the smart route. They're not like the Dallas Cowboys, my friends. They're doing the thing the right way and it will pay off in the long run. So by them, yes, I agree with Burge 110%. Cam Newton is not your guy, but he could be your guy for the next year while things fall in place, while your dominoes fall nicely. This is all a plan. This is all Bob's genius thinking of what's going on right now. Well, look, I, I think, you know, the Patriots definitely won, you know, day one of free agency. They they addressed a lot of their defensive needs. Don't forget that def- defensively, this is where this team excelled really. And defense last year really carried them. But it raises, you know, some more questions for me in the sense of what happens with uh, Stefan Gilmore is he now become expendable for the team is uh, JC Jackson you know what's going to happen for him yes he's a restricted free agent how does he play into kind of their long-term future but again um, in terms of the offense right they did address the tight end position but their wide receiving core is still not exactly up to par and the Patriots kind of always do this cheap labor stuff, right? So they'll sign people that do have the potential or don't work out for, for other teams and they make them into superstars, right? Well, that that strategy worked because you had a very good, great quarterback that really brought out the good in all your receiving cores. Um, free agency is not over. And definitely there's a lot of there's a lot of key people, whether it's wide receivers or running backs that are still available. But I would have preferred them kind of going with maybe a Will Fuller uh, instead of a Nelson Aguilar. Uh, I think, you know, Will Fuller definitely allows the Patriots to throw the deep ball, run those deep routes, and he's quick on the perimeter, which was something that the Patriots really didn't have any uh, any wide receiver core last year that was able to do those deep runs. Did you hear that, guys? The Patriots fan described Tom Brady as a very good, great quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I rest uh, my case. I want to just uh, touch base on on his wide receiver comment of Nelson Aguilar. I think uh, with Cam Newton, uh, Nelson Aguilar will free up some some space for John o. Smith to work his magic as well, um, and and move the chain, so 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 to speak. Um, they're definitely a way better team than they were last year, uh, offensive wise. Now with uh, the addition of John o. Smith and Aguilar. And don't forget, uh, you can always draft a wide receiver who can, uh, who can, who can complement Aguilar, who can, who, can, who can be the next superstar for the Patriots. Remember, uh, Tom Brady was drafted in, what, the sixth round? And what, the, what has he done for Those the Patriots? Those are diamonds in the rough. Those are things that don't happen all the time. <laughs> and, and um, again, you know, wide receiving core has been a problem. Um, another name that has been that has been kind of floated around with uh, rumored with the Patriots is uh, Curtis Samuel, and I, I think he could be kind of that uh, a, a good 
a good receiver for them on the short route. You know, New England likes to do those quick slants, those uh, quick play action uh, passes as well. So that that could be a good fit for them to address those needs. And I, you know, as much as the wide re- the wide receivers is an issue, I think running back also needs to be addressed with this team. Running back here, yes, we have a whole slew of individuals that could be difference makers but we know that the patriots have a running back based on committee and i think with the money that they have maybe that maybe they can go out and get a chris carson maybe they can go out and get that game changer and really solidify the backfield for them as well throughout this whole free agency process i'd really like to see more on the offense now some of these signings to really bolster up their lineup and in the afc east besides josh allen uh, the AFC's quarterback for the teams could be very, very different. We know Sam Darnold might not be with the Jets much longer. Uh, what's going to go on with Tua? Is Tua the future of the Dolphins? Are they going to draft another QB in the, in the in the NFL draft? Are they going to trade for Deshaun Watson? What happens in the AFC East here uh, from that perspective too? So I think it's really important for all the signings that the Patriots have done today. They need to get that number one QB and they could really pose a threat for the Bills. Do you think that... Uh players like Kendrick Bourne or Nelson Aguilar really write off their ability to go sign bigger name receivers. You mentioned Will Fuller. You mentioned, uh, I mean, we mentioned previously Juju Smith-Schuster, who's probably finding a new home. The contracts on these receivers isn't big. There's still room to bring in maybe a, a, a bigger name at receiver and just have the whole thing overhauled, right? Nikhil Harry's been talks of trade. There's been talks of trade around Nikhil Harry, rather, I should say. Uh, Julian Edelman, what's, well, what's the situation with him? You know, he, he's been quite uh, quiet on that front. But yeah, there's there's big questions about is, is Edelman coming back? Um, he's He's been pretty coy about it. He's mentioned wanting to come back. But I think there's a lot of questions about his health right now uh, that might impact that. And, and so that's, that's another, you know, your prime target of last year in the last two, three seasons is now questionable. And so it's, it's really a big overhaul. And I think the rebuilding has to start uh, at, at this, at this stage, really. And the fact that they have all this money to spend, they can really rebuild this team very quickly and align themselves to at least be contenders for the playoffs and, and, and rival some of these teams uh, that are going to make it. I don't think they're good enough to compete with the chiefs, uh, you know, for top spot, but I think that they can kind of at least get in to a wildcard position and do some damage depending on matchups later on in the playoffs. I think that pretty much completes all the headlines across the NFL up until uh, prior to us hitting record on this episode. Sean, you were in charge of breaking news. What happened while we were recording? Breaking news. The Chargers signed former Steelers offensive lineman Matt Feeler. Feiler, sorry, I'm not too sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, the Broncos are giving running back Philip Lindsay a low RFA tender. The Saints are re-signing Offensive tackle, James Hurst. And in other Saints news, the Saints are bringing back James Winston for to a one-year deal. And what do you have to say about James Winston returning to the Saints? I have to say that it was a given. Uh, I, 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 not that I knew because I, I didn't know, but I had a feeling that that Winston would have been signed to a, a small contract, a one-year deal. Uh, they did restructure Taysom Hill's contract, um, which is an interesting contract. Uh, I wanted to touch base on it before. Um, basically, his, his, his contract, is, they extended for four years, but 
they he's he's they could end it after two years. So he could be a free agent after two years. So right now the situation for the QBs of the Saints is you have a one-year deal with Winston and you have a, a four-year extension slash a two-year really deal with Taysom Hill. Um, and they could be both become free agents. So I, I don't know what to think of this. Of, of this. Like uh, I know that like the Patriots was burged with Cam Newton. I, th- I feel like I'm in the same boat with in my QB situation. You go from one of the greats, uh, he goes from Brady to Newton. I'm going from Breeze to uh, Winston, let's say. I do think Winston will get the start. Um, and I'm not entirely happy with it, but I, I got to see what what he can do. Apart from throwing interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's that bad of a thing to do for a year. I mean, as we said, they know him best right now. If he were to hit the open market, it wouldn't have been a great contract. Um. They have Hill as relief. I mean, I could see Hill stepping in halfway through the season if things aren't looking good, and he did perfectly fine with Breeze out. There's there's no problem making the signing. I just want to correct myself. Sorry, the the Hill the Hill contract actually he could become a free agent after next season, not two seasons. So uh, we're even in a worse situation if the Saints don't keep Taysom Hill after next season. And they've given Winston a one-year deal. That means we could effectively have no QB after the 2021 season. So um, I, I, maybe it's a draft now, draft a QB now, try to mold him uh, and, and, and roll the dice this year and see what happens. Uh, but I'm curious. I'm curious to see how the Saints will, will line up this year and, and how they're going to perform because uh, their division is tough. Uh, the Bucks right now are the clear favorites. Um, so it's going to be tough. You you need to rebuild. You can't go on with Jameis Winston as your quarterback in for a year, two years. It makes absolutely no sense. You got to rebuild. You got to see what's out there. You got to draft, uh, save cap space, do all that stuff. Do basically what the Patriots did after Tom Brady left. I think the, I think the Saints are going to be competing pretty much with maybe the Panthers, uh, third, fourth in the division. It's 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 a it's a steep a steep learning curve there for for both Hill and and Winston. And yes, uh, Winston would have the edge, I I think, uh, in terms of the dynamics and what he could bring on the offense. Uh, Hill very much you know uh, can get those throws, but we we haven't really seen him for for long periods of time, and so that's going to be a, a big question mark going into the season. And so, you know, you talk about the contracts, uh, you know, one year, two year. So maybe what needs to happen is maybe the Saints kind of look at, uh, you know, signing one of these free agent QBs uh, for their veteran leadership and and really bringing in someone who is proven and that can challenge, but also step in. I mean, we've seen it. We saw it with Dallas. We saw it with a lot of different teams, right? Uh, they're second string quarterback goes in who's very far uh, removed from being a starter in the NFL and it just doesn't work out. So if, if this is uh, the saints here to rebuild and, and kind of review their options at, at, uh, at the quarterback position, you know, go for it with, with this one or two year deal with them. But I think that they also need to be kind of looking further down the line uh, at, at this position and they could very well be looking through their draft as well. I think that these small contracts, um, they will clear shop, create cap room for the next year or two, uh, and then maybe potentially land uh, a big QB. 
uh, if they don't draft. Um, but I mean, it all comes down to the cap space, right? The Saints are the worst team. They were the worst team uh, cap space wise. So they had very little room to work with. I'm surprised they did so much, such a good job in bringing that cap down uh, since the beginning, but they, they, they had no options. It was either ride with Taysom Hill as their QB uh, and lose him at the running back, tight end receiver position because he plays everything uh, or sign Winston who had the year under Drew Brees and with the team uh, and roll the dice with him. So uh, in the end, uh, it was a good move for this year, but uh, for the future, like you said, uh, they got to think about the future and think about it fast. I think so much riding on the decision that they needed to bring back Winston uh, and and to disagree with uh, with uh, Steve too on this, with the pieces you have right now, how do you just rebuild? They have arguably a top five receiver. They have a running back who everyone doubted going into last season, who balled out. Um, their defense is still very much together. They can't just fold because of this. And like Sean says a lot. If not James Winston, who else? They're tied to they're they're right up against the cap. They brought in a guy that knows the system a little better than a, than a free agent on the market, and having him do it with Hill, who knows the system even better, and shows that he could be quite the trickster. That Taysom Hill, uh, it's uh, I think it's a good fit. I think it's a good move, and 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 they might they might surprise next year. I don't I don't think they'll outperform. They'll outdo themselves. But I definitely think they'll be uh, they're going to be a high flying offense next year, even with this guy at QB. They're too good not to finish second in their division. They're yeah. gonna they're gonna definitely be behind the Bucks. They're they're a clear cut favorite here. But the team is just so outside of the quarterback position. The only player they lost really of significance is Emmanuel Sanders. The rest of the team is just too good. Even if they stick Taysom Hill at a wildcat and he just does nonsense all game they're going to win uh, left and right I, I i'm not too worried about the saints but my my issue with the saints here is if they play good enough and they win games they're going to be drafting real late so what do you want to do it's funny you say that they're good enough to finish second i think they are as well but in in the nfc finishing second with a bunch of good teams in the other divisions doesn't necessarily guarantee you a playoff spot. Oh, they won't make the uh, playoffs. Okay. That's, that's, that's my next question where I was getting at. Uh, it's, it sucks to say, but uh, I have to accept that as well going into next season. I, I do not think that they have a good team, but I don't think they have what it takes to make the playoffs next year. It's a transitional year. So we'll see. Keep in mind that all these signings are verbal agreements as of right now. Free agency officially opens on March 17th at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Anything happening past 10 p.m. Eastern time on March 15th, we won't have reported. So tons of news going to come in tomorrow as well. Next week episode is going to touch up pretty much on uh, all the signings that did happen, who did well, who did what. Um, thanks everyone for listening.